0: Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we dive into family dynamics and what it looks like to heal them while standing in your truth and looking fear in the face. Come on in and join in the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker.
1: Hi, Melissa McHugh. Welcome to season two. (laughs)
0: Do 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 That's See game shows. Why are game shows always running in my head? It's like game shows and like really weird '80s TV shows are always. <laughs> I know.
1: What's the Surviv- does Survivor have a uh, what it starts? Survivor, yeah,
0: but that's different. I don't remember what. I don't remember what Survivor does. That never mm-hmm. pops up in my head. It's always game shows or weird stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it does. It does seem like an 80s game show when you did that. We <laughs> just arrived. And then it's like, you could win this microwave for $65. And it's like, back then, that's a deal, man. Yeah, exactly. The price is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we're back, everyone, if you couldn't tell. We're,
0: we're back. back. Back in black. That's yeah, ACDC. That just popped into my head dude, too.
1: (laughs) It's always in the eighties. It's like I'm stuck in the eighties. No, let me out. (laughs) Well, I was just actually talking to my mom today about how I get to relive my childhood fashion and things that I was into as a kid, but in my adulthood again, because the nineties are coming back with a vengeance. The nineties fashion, the nineties music. So all the music I was dancing to when I was a kid. At like 6 in my room with my little like fake tiara on and all that is coming back. And I get to be it at 30 I said it. Wow.
0: Really? The 90s.
1: The 90s are coming back.
0: Did the 80s ever come back? Briefly.
1: Briefly. Okay. (laughs) Because yeah, the 80s was just, just, it was not. (laughs) A little bit with like fashion, not hair so much.
0: No, we don't ever want that hair, ever.
1: A little bit of fashion, I'll say. Yeah. And 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 the 80s has definitely inspired a lot of different pieces. You can see it in different things.
0: What is the 90s um, hair?
1: That's like the uh, Rachel from Friends, like the super swooshy, the curtain bangs, the big fluffs. You know, it's like a little bit more toned down, tamed 80s hair. Gotcha. I don't know about guys. I don't really pay attention to guys' hair, but I know for the girls, it's all about the big updo's now and the big fluffs. You got to like huh. fluff it and curtain it and mermaid it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all the things that I love, I mean, I get to like, I don't know.
0: Mermaid it out. Yeah. Be mermaidy.
1: Well, I already am. So,
0: mermalicious.
1: I was a mermaid before. I <laughs> remember when I was. My one friend probably, like, she actually did. She told me, said, we gotta, let's play a different game. <laughs> because we went to Disney World and we were uh, swimming in the swimming pool and whatever. And every day we would go to the swimming pool and we would have to play Mermaid. We would have to. And I would be <laughs> in charge of that. So <laughs> one, sure. one day she was like, can we play something else? Hike wasn't about it at all. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) So I've been waiting for this trend. (laughs) Sweet. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, i never know
0: trends. I just, I don't even know. I've got, the only time I ever like really got into any sort of thing like that was, well, of course in the 80s, but I was in high school. So you kind of had to, or else, you know, you were picked on if you weren't like in the flow, in the know, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that was the worst time to be in the know because you had the stupid hair and all the hairspray and all that. But then when I was following the Grateful Dead, I was all kind of into that scene, you know what I mean? Making my own clothes and wearing all the patchwork and doing that whole thing and all hippied out. And yeah. that that kind of stayed with me for a while. I toned back on it a little bit, but yeah, that's pretty much my vibe.
1: Yeah. No, that's completely your vibe. I still remember it. You'd come back with the necklaces, with the rope necklaces, with the stones in it and stuff and you'd smell like henna and probably other stuff that I was like probably it was probably weed that you smelled like but I didn't know back then <laughs> you did and you smelled like patchouli and you smelled it was good I was like that helped I was like my aunt is a hippie and inspired me and then I got to be my hippie self nice and that came out during that time too my hippie sp- stuff I remember it's all coming back well back in the day Yeah. So today I wanted to share, actually I'll share this little piece because we're going to be talking about family and stuff. So I found this guy on TikTok who he does this bit called texting. Oh, can you hear me? Um, It's like text, when you're texting your siblings or whatever. And I swear I found one that is me and my brother, like an actual conversation because it's like one sibling's at the store. So this would be me talking to him. It's like, hey, are you at the store? No response. No response. Hello, are you at the store? Yeah. Why? Can you get me banana with onion powder? Pause. No, no answer. No answer. Fine. I'll effing FaceTime. FaceTime. They're in the car now. Hey, did you get the whatever I needed? No, I didn't even know that you wanted it. That's like literally how our conversations go. Like <laughs> it just is hilarious. So I had to send it to him. I haven't heard back yet, but we'll see if you think it's funny. It's awesome (laughs) and that sounds like him (laughs) it does. like no it's like you could have just got it for me (laughs) you saw the text I know you did (laughs) so I do I want to spend time because I think that it's going to be something important to talk about and since we're family you can help me talk about it with healing family ancestry and I also wanted to talk a little bit about today what it means to embody yourself because I've been doing a lot of embodiment work and a lot of what I call exposure therapy and stuff. And I've been having like crazy dreams, crazy, 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 crazy underlying crazy dreams. And two, I've just been like actually like embodying myself and becoming in the present moment. And I can feel in my body, I'm so sore in places that I've never even, like I haven't felt in a long time. Because I've been not in my body, so like my whole like, and I mean like my skeletal system hurts. Like I can feel my bones hurt because I'm like finally in my body, and I'm like pop, locking and dropping everywhere too, like cracking in different areas and stuff. And it's like, I that's what it means to be embodied. So every and I'm like realizing where I was storing a lot of like repressed emotion and tightness and pain. And it is like, uh, it's like, I feel like I'm like going through growing pains. I actually remember, I don't know if you remember, I think we had this conversation before. I remember growing when I was younger. I actually remember what it feels like that. I remember growing. I don't
0: remember that conversation. And no, I don't, I don't remember my own growing pains. I remember my brother's growing pains because he had a lot of really intense um, pain then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because so I used to remember I would be laying there at night, like crying, because I could feel my actual legs growing. And that's what it feels like right now. But obviously, I'm not growing. I'm just like expanding in my own body and the embodying process. But it's really, really interesting, everything that I'm noticing. So, one thing I wanted, I guess we'll go into the family healing because. That has been profound. That has been really profound. So, well, you know, because your family, but for the listeners, back in, I want to say like August, right? Back in August, I made a decision. Something came up and was exposed to me a conversation that was happening behind my back in their family. And it just was hurtful um, in a lot of ways because I just felt like I wasn't being believed in. And so, and it just made me really become aware of my role in the family and how I was seen as this little, little Sid who can't do anything and then any little baby shit. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I mean, if I could be that, me, no, I'm over it. So I just decided I didn't want to be that, held in that position anymore. And I feel like when we're born into a family, we're also born into certain roles. And then we adopt those roles and we begin to operate unconsciously in that role, in that dynamic for most of our life or even our whole life if we don't wake up to it. So for me, my role was little baby Sid who can't do anything on her own. She might kill herself, she might hurt herself. She needs protection. She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm, Little Sid, like, that's all I get is like, "Mm, baby Sid, you're so cute that you don't know what you're doing at all. And it's like, okay. But my whole life, I had to stop myself from expressing things because there's also this dynamic in our family. You can correct me if I'm wrong, because you know, where it's like, men and women and the men it's like very old school men know it everything men know all men are god and like women are like even if we know how to do it maybe better they like are like oh you're cute for your thoughts and it's not like that they're bad people it's also the roles that they've been given you know of how women and men operate and stuff so we come from a long line of patriarchy dominated thinking right
0: so I talked about I talked to my father about it recently and he was telling me that when he was growing up his mother and his mother's sister were um and also I believe his grandmother as well they were kind of in charge. They were um very strong women, they were nurses, um they came over from Ireland and um it, it seemed like that they they were the ones in charge. But I think they also still had the belief system of the sons, though. They brought the son, you know, the son is all, um, that you needed a son to work the farm, the hard workers and all of that. Though it seemed like they were still very strong women, they still had that feeling that the men were um, more valuable, I think. And I think that, you know, if you have a farm, men are very valuable, I mean, with their strength and all of that. But it did seem like the women were also strong, because I remember my grandmother, and boy, you weren't messing with her. She was definitely a strong-willed woman. But they still always had the the son, though. The male in the family was definitely more important. Um, and then I think that that just went over into my father and his brother's generation to where the men kind of rose to the top in in that whole thing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So just like growing up and I mean maybe that was like my experience as I can only speak for my experience ultimately, but maybe being the baby of the family and stuff too, I've always felt very like no one's gonna ask my opinion because I'm the baby, you know, I, I don't know as much. I haven't been around as much. I but I always really felt like I had all these ideas and these thoughts and I wanted to be able to express them. But I never felt, like, super able to do that, or I ne- I always felt a little outside the box in a lot of ways, too, within the family and everything. So long story short, um, I was just, something came to my attention back in August, and I decided that I needed to step away from the family in a really big way. And I made that known, and I told that to everyone, and I did it in a very respectful, honest, upfront way of just you know, it's come to my attention that some of you don't believe in what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do, and I'm gonna, gonna spend time doing that then. I don't need to come back and be told certain things. I don't need to be told that I don't, they don't believe in me, or I'm just looking for money or this or that or whatever it is or whatever that was. I just was like, that's not what my intention was. That's not anything that I want to get involved in. I just started like all these emotions came over me and everything and and it was really hard for me but I decided that I wasn't going to go back home for the rest of the year and I made and I fulfilled that and I didn't come back at all but one thing that I noticed is in me taking a step back and me not doing it in a way of like well fuck you guys burn it down, you know, like that type of thing, but just in a genuine taking care of myself way. Okay. Okay, so I hit a wall here, even with the people that I love and I'm realizing my role that I play in this family dynamic and I'm really realizing the energy that I carry in this family dynamic. And I'm awakening to the fact of how it's the same patterns and I'm being told the same things and I'm still feeling like I'm that 10 year old little girl or that teenage little girl or whatever it is, but it was a little girl. I wasn't being seen as who I was becoming as a strong, independent woman out here in the big city with her own business, wanting to do things and accomplish things in the world in a real way. So I had to take a step back and I told the family and it ultimately was hard for everyone, but it sparked a domino effect of healing which I, that's why I wanted to have this conversation today because I just am so grateful. It was really hard and it was really dark and it was really scary and I felt really alone and I was swimming out there on my own for a while for a few months, but it strengthened me and my independence and made me stronger and wiser. It has opened up some people's hearts in my family that I wasn't sure would ever be opened or think differently. It's brought the woman together in a really strong way of support and understanding. It's just sparked things that I can't even, I'm not even sure what we're seeing. (laughs) You know, it's been, I, especially just this last weekend because I wasn't able to come back. Our Christmas was canceled, so I went back home. I didn't come back for the whole basic year of 2022 and then I came back for New Year's and I had one, I could cry. I had one of the most healing experiences with the men in my family, particularly one with my papa, my mom's dad, who's a very big part of our family and who I love, and then also my brother. And for anyone who knows my dynamic and my relationship with my brother, that is huge. We actually, we got into our old dynamics. We started fighting and all that stuff. And then I finally got to a place and I was sitting there and I was stewing in it. And I realized, no, we're going to do something different here. I'm going to go over and I'm going to talk to that man face to face and we're going to lay this shit down. We're not going to do this anymore. And so I did. We didn't see eye to eye completely, but we saw heart to heart. And we just had the, it's. Since that conversation too, I've had even more inner healing of my own self and self-love and just being able to receive love from a masculine, because he even said to me, he's like, I see you and I'm proud of you. And all I can do is show up for you. And I never, anytime I'm talking to you, I don't want to fight. I don't want to have that angst with us anymore. And that was like, gave me permission For the first time in my life to soften, because anytime I would see him or a man, I would be ready to go. Have my lightsaber, I call it lightsaber, because I don't really think I'd carry a sword. I'd feel like I have a lightsaber and my lightsaber out ready to fight. And me and my brother, for the first time in our existence, have said, "Mm, We're not going to use our lightsabers on each other anymore. We're going to back to back. We got each other's backs. And it has been, hugely profound. I don't even, I'm not even sure yet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to back up a little bit to what it's great, you know, that we can, uh, convey to people is when you talked about the domino effect, it only takes one person in the family sometimes to be the one who's, you know, doing the really big, huge healing. Um, The rest of us in our family, you know, the women, we are, we are doing some deep work for sure, but you gave us permission with what you did, you know, standing up to, like you said, the patriarchy in our family, because it's so deep within us. And especially in my generation, um, and I've been trying to move through this for many years, you know, just being, even though I'm, you know, the oldest In my family the firstborn i wasn't really the firstborn because i was a woman you know and i've always i've been coming through that and just struggling you know with that inside of me never wanting to be a woman because the men were better all the whole thing with that moving through my entire life and then to come to that moment where you were like no no more it's time to stand up i just got this surge of Yes, we're doing it. We're finally, I've been wanting this my whole entire life. And now we're doing it in a way that, because I would struggle with not wanting to also to hurt people because I'm a person that comes from like this deep soul place of compassion. And so realizing that we could do this in a way that was, Healing, lovely, compassionate, not fighting against, not harming one another. That all the women could come together and say, okay, this is what we're doing now. Sydney stood up and said, I'm doing this. And we were all like, no, um, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> it felt weird and it was super scary. Yep. It was so scary. But I was like, okay, it's time. And I just felt the inner, the inner voice say to me, it's time. It's time. You can do this too. And so then I had a conversation with your papa, my father, um, and was like, hey, look. And he just softened and I softened and we met in this place that I never expected we would ever be able to meet. And it was beautiful. And then your mom had the same conversation with him and it opened up for other women in our family to feel on the same level as the men. And so it was, it was this domino effect. It took one person to stand up. It's like, I just think I see in the movies, like the one person stands up and they're like, you know, on top of, and then everybody around them like, yeah. And you just see the whole thing. And then everybody else is ready and it gives us permission. And it was just such a beautiful moment in my life. I can just still feel it. That we were all coming together and we're the whole family then was ready to heal.
1: Yeah. And we're still doing it. Cause even when I came back home, and that's also another thing too, is just whenever you're he- on a healing journey and you're like, oh I'm enlightened and I reached the top of the mountain and no one ever's gonna get to me. And then you go, go hang out with your family. Just go do that. Cause even the most awakened enlightened person, it's it's a test. So when I went back, I was introduced to what the remnants of my old self that I still had there, which is that little angsty drama queen. Don't tell me, but I realized that that was just a sensitivity. I'm so sensitive, and I've been told no for so long. You don't feel this way. You don't think this way. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. I just was like, because <laughs> I'll tell. People. My brother was trying to tell me that I like. Deer meat. When I don't like deer meat, so we got in a fight over it because he was like, "No, if you," I was like, "Just let me not like deer meat." Like that, it seems so like little about what we were fighting about. When I did see him, that sparked all this stuff, and then we had our conversation because it needed to happen. But it's like, just let me not like something that you just because you like it. That's fine. I wasn't yelling at you because you like it. I just was saying, I don't want to like, and I don't want to taste it. And so thank you for not putting it on my plate. And he's like yelling at me about it as if like I should love it. And it's like, no, you know what I mean? It's like, so I saw how I, I reacted in that way. I definitely needed to see that. But yeah, so when you're around your family, that's when the energy that we've been raised in is so strong. You know, we see the dynamics, we see the roles that we play and who we play them with and how certain people bring out a certain energy with us and how we're all like interacting and exchanging energy with each other all the time on such a deep level that we're not even aware of. But one thing that I did notice when I came back to this time was everyone was trying to be different. Everyone was trying to be open hearted everyone was trying to talk to each other differently and in a more loving way and a showing up way. And it was even weirder because we were all like, I love you, I love you too. I love you, I love you. It was like all this, but it was so beautiful. The chaos this time was so much more beautiful than the chaos it usually was. Because before it was like, get away from me, I don't know, and like all this pain. This time it was us getting together and trying to soothe the pain and help each other. And like all the way up to the elders of the family and how I was seeing how they were acting and how they were showing up and which was trying to trickle down and everyone was trying to be different. And it was like wild. It was just so beautiful to me to see people trying to be different. And that's also another thing that helped me to wake up to as well is when we're born, we get, we see, our parents as God, you know, and we see their parents as God's God, you know, we see all these people as like higher up because we're, we're the next ones in. So they are kind of higher up than us. But the more that I've done my healing journey and healing work, even the elders just, just walking around on this earth and this planet, we're all human beings. No one is better or worse. Some people have been walking around longer but we're all human beings. And I wanna to start to interact with people on that being level. Not on uh, you're a man or you're a woman or you're my grandfather or you're my grandmother, or you're my mother, or you're my brother, so I gotta act this, 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 this. You're a human being. And so I'm gonna to talk to you like a human being because even though our society may tell men that there's not emotions and they can't have it, we all as human beings feel things and see things, and notice things, and enter into dynamics.
0: Yeah, and that's such a beautiful thing when you give people permission. Um, Like with my dad, who I've been having some lovely conversations with ever since this, which, thank you for that, because it's just opened up so much for him. He has permission now. You know, I'll be like, Dad, I understand, and I see you. I see, you know how you were raised. And I understand where you came from. And I know you were never given permission to express feelings. You know, you were a workhorse. You guys had this stuff to do. Nobody was allowed even to be sick. I remember one um, instance, my aunt would tell the story of my my dad's brother when they were younger. He wasn't, wasn't allowed to be sick. So they were walking home from school and he was so sick that he ended up laying in the ditch and him saying, no, don't go and get anybody because I can't be sick. I'm not allowed to be sick. And he laid in that ditch. And then later on, it, he actually had heart problems because I can't remember what that fever is that you get when you're younger. And if it doesn't get resolved, um, then it hurts your heart. It actually does something to your heart, not scarlet fever, something like that. I don't know. Is
1: it meningitis
0: or something? Not some, not meningitis, but it's something like that. It's some yeah. sort of fever. and he had it but he wasn't he was not allowed to be sick you know and so they came from these places where man you just think about it and you're like whoa you know emotions and feelings and all of that that was not even a thing for them you know so then they they learned all of these things and then they you know Then they have women born into the family who are emotional and who, you know, want to talk about that kind of thing. And then you can't relate. You can't relate to these people because they're just like, no, we don't talk. We don't talk about things. What are, no, you know, but now I'm giving him permission. We're all giving him permission and he's got so much emotion inside of him. And you can just see it when he talks now, it's just, it pours out of him, you know, and even though it's really hard for him still, He's trying so hard because y- you could see him just look in your eyes like, "Oh my God, thank you so much." The relief is intense.
1: Yeah, and that's actually what this has shown me too is because I, my whole life, and I think that this is part of that fairy tale bullshit that we're fed as kids too of you just wait here and the night in shining armor is going to come in and he's going to save you. And I just realized, you know what? He's not coming. I'm doing it. I'm breaking myself out. Dragon, you're my pet now. Whatever. We're cool. I'm doing this myself. So, once I realized that I think and the feminine side of me is like, "Really? We have to do this too." But it's like I really do think that it's going to be the feminine that has to give the men permission to feel. I really do. I feel like we have to say it's it's okay to start to feel and it's okay we see you and we love you and we're here for you but let's do it differently. You know, let's start doing something different because even when I came back I saw in the conversations I had with my brother too he's really honestly trying to understand women and their emotions. And he's like I don't did I say am I do I is it I think it's the tone of my voice like he's really was trying and honestly that gave me permission to soften even more, to know that you're trying, to know that you're thinking about how you said things. And maybe it was the tone and how he was like, because we got into that little fight thing and we were talking about it. He's like, honestly, in my brain, I was saying this, but it was coming out this way. And I'm like, oh, well, now that we're talking about it that way, I didn't even have to react that way because I was trying to say this. And, th- and just the fact that he was sitting there being aware and wanting to talk about it And having the awareness of how he's like, I think that me and you need to have this conversation in order for both of us to heal and for you to truly heal, to feel safe. He had that awareness. He was having that awareness that I needed to have this conversation. So that way I could soften and feel safer. And I was going into the conversation because my whole life I used to pretend I wasn't sensitive and I would go into it tough. And that conversation, I went into it being like, "Hey." listen, I'm, a, I'm sensitive and I have these emotions and I'm feeling these things. And my, anytime I talk to you, my heart is so open. So when you say things a certain way, my heart will close and then I do get triggered. But I believe the I believe men, and I'm only seeing this in my family, but I believe it's just a snapshot into the collective. I believe they want to heal. I believe they want to have these conversations. I believe that they want to do this stuff. They just don't know. And I think rather than us saying, you need to know, you need to know, how do you not know? Cause like I used to t- talk that way. Now I'm going into it saying, hey, listen, I'm a sensitive emotional being. So when we talk, let's do it differently. And then that drops them down. And then it's not a war or a battle. It's, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And then he would be like, this is how I'm feeling. And then we ended up talking and realizing that ultimately we want the same things in life. We just say it differently.
0: Yep. And that's kind of goes back to where you're talking about meeting people as human beings, you know, and giving each other permission, no matter, you know, what sex you came into this world as, you know, that we're all allowed now to stand back and with compassion, look at one another and say, okay, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's have a heart to heart. You know, when people used to say that, oh, we have a heart to heart. It was just kind of like a, a word, a thing that people said. But when you really think about it, that's what we need to have our heart to hearts, not trauma to trauma, not old conditioning to old conditioning. We need to drop down into the heart space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: be able to step back and see the big picture, the whole picture of, okay, I came from this and I came from that. And we understand that we know, we know the past and what what we were made of, but we are human beings having this experience together. And if both people truly are on a healing journey, then they will be willing to meet heart to heart. And those are the conversations that are going to get us, spurn us into the new world, into the new way, the new paradigm, the new way of being, you know, and the healing, the real true healing journey together.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And also that whole experience has helped me to free myself from being attached to dynamics and roles and energies that I was subconsciously playing out for years because I was tethered to a paradigm that I felt like I was in a movie and I was this character in this family. And every time I showed up, I had to play that character, recognizing and realizing at any moment I can write and flip the script and now I'm this character. And Everyone loses it and their head spins, but then they got to just adjust. And then they're a different character because they have to interact with me differently now. And where at least where I'm headed is I'm trying to head to a softer character. Which ultimately I hope softens those around me and their character. Because that's all we're really doing is we're just, it's a stage. So when we get together for Christmas, it's you might as well tape it like it's a movie. We're all these characters and you play this and I play that. and This person plays that character and we all show up. But the beauty of it is, is when you free yourself of that old character, that old play, that old scene, you're free to show up. And you will be pulled to the old character if five other people are like, oh, okay, Sid's back, she's baby drama, da-da-da-da-da. So then I'll be like, get to all those, the five people be like, okay, remember you played Baby drama, blah blah blah, and I'll be like, I don't want to play that anymore. They'll be like, No, but we need you to because then we know how to operate. I'm going to say, No, now I'm adult, soft, kind, caring me. So you guys got to figure that out. Then they have to figure that out, which they did in their own ways. But that's like the beauty of it. It's it's all up to us. We get to decide. Once you free yourself from those family chains. That's kind of what I woke up to, the energetic change.
0: Yep. And it was so beautiful.
1: You know, I still
0: remember the moment, you know, that me, you, Nick, we, we dropped into this very strange place where we stood around, talked about Dear Me in the old um, characters for a good probably 20 seconds, pretty much all realized that at the same time that it, something weird was happening. You were old, Sid. I was old Aunt Zizi. Nick was over there being old Nick, not supportive. The three of us were in this strange place. And then it didn't feel right. So then energetically, you just went, you just exploded out of it, which then... <laughs> made me go, whoa, where, how did I just get back there? It was like some kind of weird time warp that I slid back. It was like, ah, back into the old person that I used to be where I was like, oh yeah, there's Sid and she's being old Sid, drama queen. And I'm going to react this way and Nick's going to react that way. And then you just noticed it. And that's the whole thing is, you know, doing the inner work so that when, when you do slip back into these moments, these characters, because sometimes you get sucked in, you wake up three days later and you're just like, whoa, how did I get back there? What just happened? I've been doing all the spiritual work and I'm still acting this way because it just sucks you in and you don't notice it. But the moment that you do notice it, it changes everything. You noticed it first, then I noticed it. And then we changed the whole energy of our situation. And it was really an intense deal for me.
1: Yeah, it was intense for me too. And my brother noticed it. In our conversation, we had that conversation. So everyone, once you do heal, once you do make that decision to change internally in a real way, in a real, real way, it causes an effect and everyone does start to notice it. Because if you're noticing it, others around you are gonna notice it. And the one of the biggest things that this has helped me to realize is my yoga teacher told me that when you start to heal, those who are deeply rooted and connected to you also heal. And I am starting to see that in such a profound way. As I truly heal myself, those with whom I'm connected to, even on the DNA level, are going to feel that change. And I'm not talking just, I tell myself and I wake up and all this stuff is great. I'm not saying that it's not, but it's not like I just wake up every day, I tell myself affirmations and then I go through the same motions zone. and I still act the same and I still, no, I'm saying you gotta go deep in and you gotta rip out. You gotta start really looking at the energy that you're holding and be willing to say no, even to those that you love and that you're a part of. because. You don't have to say no. Some people you do have to say no to them and your family. But what I was saying no to was this dynamic, this character, this way of being, this energy, this paradigm, this I felt trapped in, this box. And I was just saying, no, I'm not going to play this character. I'm not sure what character I'm going to play yet, but I got to step away so I can go practice being someone that I truly am because this is not who I truly am. This is all the shit that I was told I was or that I felt I had to be to survive in this family and in this world. And I don't know if I wanna do that anymore. So I just said no to that. And when I said no to that, people in the family started to show up differently. Because I started to show up for differently for myself, and that has just been beautiful to me, so incredibly beautiful. Yeah,
0: and I've you know been talk have been having these conversations about this kind of thing with my clients lately. I think even yesterday I was talking to one about you know she's like, well, how do I? What does it look like to go in? She's like, I I hear about I want to change my inner world, like, and I, I tried to tell her it was, it's kind of like a garden, you know, your inner life, your, you know, is, is like your garden and you need to tend to it. You need to go in and you need to look at it. You need to sit with it. You need to see the weeds. You need to pull those weeds. You need to feel it. You need to talk to it. You need to nurture it. Just like it's a garden. That's your inner life. That's your inner self, you know, to be able to, because it's kind of abstract sometimes for people. It's like, okay, you're talking about doing the inner work. What does that look like? You know, you go inside, you close your eyes. You know, the 3D will still be out here. This, you know, this world, this movie we're living in, it'll always be there. So close your eyes, go inside, sit with what's happening there. Ask questions, be the investigator of what's happening inside what emotions are coming up when you sit there and it will be very uncomfortable at some times. It will be very strange. It will be very intense. You will cry, you will yell. You know, there'll be a lot of things happening, but that's what it takes to to truly change. Yeah, agreed. You know, and so that's, you know, that's the whole thing with the real change and also that, you know, to be able to do that and then the ancestral part of it that I'm always letting them know is, because I'm always congratulating them on doing this deep work, that it's very important that it's not only for them. And for some some reason it does always it's always seemed like, and I've heard other people say it, that if you heal, then your ancestors heal. You know, the people that came before you and the people that come after you will also it's a ripple effect. And, um, when I do Reiki sessions, I have ancestors that will come in and show up for people. And I can, I always say, you can tell that they are there and they're cheering you on, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing messages of keep going of hope of love of all of these things, because of the fact that, When you heal, you are healing them as well. So they're very invested in that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's what I'm actually starting to become awakened to in my life is the reality of that. The reality of how me being the baby of the family started this trickle effect and it has touched everyone. In our family. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm not even like over here like. Yay me. I'm just like in awe. Of the energy of that. That decision to love myself. And I could cry. That decision to love myself. Has given. People in our family permission to do the same.
0: Yeah. And just knowing too that it. When you take that stand and you decide, it might get really, really difficult. We were lucky in our family. It happened quickly. But I think it's because we're all doing so much work and we're all so ready. And it was a very quick thing. But it was a very scary thing because we didn't know how fast it was going to be. You know, I mean, I'm invested a lot in our family in the 3D where if I would have stood up to and talked to my dad in a certain way years ago, and it had had happened to me before, I'd be like, no, nope, this is what I'm doing. This is my life, blah, blah, blah. Get out. Mm-hmm. You're not welcome here when you act this way. So I had that fear inside of me that if I spoke to my father about these things and how I felt, he was going to tell me to get out again because it had happened to me before, but I just kept breathing into it, into the fear. This fear would well up and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't have this conversation with him. I'm going to lose everything that I have. I'm going to lose everything. And I'm like, you know what? This is so much more important than anything that you have. This is healing. This is change. This is what you want to see in this world. This has to be done. Just do it. And so that's the whole thing is like, you know, you can say you're going to, I'm doing all these things, but then you hit that fear wall and you're like, well, wait, maybe next week, maybe I'll do it. Wait, maybe I'll, let me think about this. Let me do these. Let me think about, I can't. (laughs) And that's what comes up in your brain. Well, you know, if you do this, oh man, you're just digging your, no. And then you don't do it because of the fear and you have to push through that. In order for true change to occur.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was scary. And it, it, it is scary. And the unknown is scary. But if you really are on a path of doing it in the best interest of yourself and all that is connected to you, it is a lasting healing effect. It has healing in ways that I'm still learning and I think we'll still be learning together as we move forward. And it's just really, really, really incredible to see. And I think a lot of it has to do with the energy that is pouring into the planet and coming in right now, is allowing us and is pulling us and drawing us into our heart spaces. So that way we can have these conversations and it's making it more available to us. Because i it's really hard for me to spend a lot of time in my brain anymore. But when I drop down into my heart, I feel more at home and at peace. Because that's where I feel like connection is. As long as we spend a lot of time, and I feel like a lot of our world has been operated very much mentally, it's negative, positive. There's no in-between. It's we hate each other. We love each other. It's all in or all nothing. And this and that. And you wear blue and I wear red, so I can't like you. And It's just like, if you go in the heart, the heart just searches for connection. and knows how to make connection. And it allows connection and it allows beauty, and it allows magic, and it allows healing, and it allows peace, and love, and joy, and that's where our expression is in our hearts. I love that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and that's just where, you know, man, the conversations that you and I have when we drop down into our hearts, and that's where we speak from, and I've been really cultivating that with everybody in my life you know and anybody that's not having those connections with me just seem to fall away and the people that are interested in in speaking that new language are showing up in my life you know more and more people that are like hey yeah that's that's what i that's how i want to talk that's how i want to come at people now is from this place. Let's do that. Let's have more of these conversations because it feels so good. The other stuff just feels so like, uh, no, I, I don't want to be here anymore. This is, doesn't make any sense to me anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't want to be right. If that makes sense. Cause even if I'm right, I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't want to be right. I don't want anyone to take my opinion. And then now it's law. Like, I don't want that. like, I want, even if we don't agree up here, just feel me down here. Just feel what I'm saying. I'm saying this. Just feel it. You don't need to deny it. It doesn't need to make your opinions wrong because then I'll feel what you're saying. Oh, you feel that way about the same thing. We feel these things. Cool. And that's valid. I don't want to have to argue about my feelings. Feelings are feelings. Let's just let them be that. That's when, like, true, authentic relationships take place. Because there's times that me and you, we agree about a lot of stuff. And then there's those little bits so that you're like, I feel this about this. And I'm like, I feel this about this. But we still can have a conversation about it because we're just feeling. And we're expressing from our hearts of who our our authentic self is. And it's cool. It's way better. I just, man, I can't. I'm not going to fight. What are we fighting? What are we fighting?
0: Exactly. what are we fighting about? It's just been ingrained in us, I think, for so long that for some reason we just think that that's the way that you move through the world is going against, fighting against, finding something to be against all the time and arguing your point so you can be right. and it's exhausting. Look at how exhausted everybody is. I know when I lived that way, I was exhausted, and that's why very early on, I basically just dropped out. I, you know, because I could not. I couldn't be that way. I just had to go to the fringe, go to a Grateful Dead show where the fringe people hung out because I could not live in a world that was that way. I could not. And at least now, though, it seems like it's going in the direction of you don't have to drop out anymore to find those conversations. That's the beauty of this new. This new paradigm, the new energy, all of this stuff. You can find people just right here in the thick of it who are ready and open to having true, compassionate, loving, peaceful conversations about things. You don't have to go into the outlying areas anymore. And I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, me too. I know everyone that walks through my door as a client now, I just, I see their fight. I see that what they're fighting and how they're just trying to just fight their way in this world to be here and to be seen, to be heard or to protect themselves. Or I just wanna give everyone, I really truly wanna give everyone a hug and just say, you know, you don't have to fight anymore. Who are you? And I give you permission to be that and you don't have to fight for it. Just be that, it's okay. And I can't wait to live in that world to see everyone show up softly as themselves. Because that's what we're all protecting is that soft piece of ourselves that we truly, really are. Who is riding on unicorns with magic wands. Who was told that you better grow up and stop believing in magic because the real world's this. It's like, no, I have a unicorn with a magic wand and I ride it sometimes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I just, if that's who you are, I love that for you
0: be that exactly be childlike you know be
1: childlike again and not in the way of child like this is what childlike pureness of believing in magic and believing in love and believing in possibilities and believing in miracles and being in awe of things and seeing things and like picking up a rock and being like it's so cute and it talks to me and I love it and it's sparkly and I'm gonna put it in my pot." that type of child. Don't be childish. You know what I'm saying? Don't yell and fight and tantrum and scream childlike. We're talking about the heart-centered purity of being in this world and making connection and expressing that.
0: Yeah, and being in your own individual self, like, you know, kids, you watch them and they're running around and they're who they are. And they, some have capes on and some, like you said, have the little unicorn on the side and they're all just interacting. And they're, you know, as long as they're being allowed to be who they are, it's all good. It's all good for them. You know, they haven't learned yet that, oh, wow, look at that guy over there. He's got a cape on. So he's a weirdo. Stay away from him. No, he's a, he's got a cape on. Yay. Good for him. He's a freaking superhero.
1: Oh my god, I was watching this stand-up comedy. I'm just gonna, and maybe we can end there, or not, I don't know, but I was watching this stand-up comedy, and I think I shared it with you, because this guy was talking about how he grew up with a bigot father, I guess. I'm using that word, because that's what he used for, something like that. Just a very old-school type of guy, and he, growing up, loved magic. He was, like, this little kid that loved magic, was super into it, super into, like, fairies and unicorns and all this stuff. So his dad takes him to the grocery store. And they're standing in line, and I guess his dad sees someone who is, I wanna use the correct language here, gay, home, like is gay in the store. And his dad looks at this gay person in the store. This is part of a stand up, by the way, everyone. And he goes, Oh God, there's a fairy in here. And the guy goes, And there's me as a little kid, nine year old self. With, I got my cape on, I did, I had my cape, and I go, what? and I yell it, I yell, there's a fairy in the grocery store, where is he, dad, where's the fairy, because he's like, I want to talk to him about magic, where is he, and his dad's like, no, not that type of fairy, he's like, you said fairy, though, where is he, and then this, his dad had to take him out of the store, because he kept yelling about where the fairy is and all this stuff, And it's like, see, that was a a stupid, limited belief idea, you know, of like judgment. But the child in that just wanted to meet the fairy and just wanted to have fun. And there was no, he wasn't looking around judging people. You know what I'm saying? And it just like, I was dying watching that, listening to that, because that's what I would do. Where's the fairy, dad? Because I need to talk to it. Exactly. talked to it about magic. And it's like, why do we, and that's also another thing that we, I like made me realize too, how we use stupid words to do stupid things. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, but that to me was the perfect way of expressing how children really, truly just see the world as innocent, pure beings. And that's what we should get back to.
0: Yep. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to live.
1: I know. <laughs> I want to go to the store in my cape and be like, where's the fairies? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I
0: know. Well, that was cool. That was a great conversation. You know, and I'm really, oh, I'm so excited about moving forward <laughs> with this podcast uh, this season. You know, we've already had um, our first really special guest, uh, Corby Mitleid, um, on our first show. And I have such a lineup now. We both have such a lineup of people that we're going to be talking to um, coming up. Uh, our next, our next show, we are um, going to have a uh, guest listener.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
0: So that's really exciting because that's when we're going to announce our um, Patreon subscription and show a little bit of what's happening in that and what you get in that, or you get to listen to some of our listeners who come on and be guests and really dive in deep with us. And it's really, really special. And one of our uh, listeners, Jasmine has, um, has given us permission to put that out there, um, for everybody so that people can see, you know, what it's going to be, uh, like that if you come into the inner circle on patreon so that's so exciting and also um some really cool guests we have a kundalini yoga um uh, what would they what are they called kundalini yoga master teacher 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 yeah um he's that he's a bunch of all you know different things as well um amrit singh is that how we say that Singh, amrit singh i believe
1: yeah,
0: so, yeah. Yeah, And really cool guy. He's also a sick seek. seek. Yeah. So he's, he looks really awesome. We're going to talk to him, um, as well coming up this month. So just a lot of really great conversations, just a lot of really awesome human beings to have some heart to hearts with. Yeah. So I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, me too. It's gonna be really cool this year. I'm really just excited to see where this goes, but yeah, I'm excited because this conversation got me excited and with our guest listeners, I'm really, honestly, I really am looking forward to that because that is going to bring in healing for a lot of people, I believe, to be able to have conversations in a way that you can be focused in on what exactly is it that I need to do internally because that's what one of the things that you were saying your clients ask my clients ask this is a way that we're going to help people do that go inside and teach them and show them and that's what i'm excited about because you can really only truly learn by experience so giving them that experience i think is going to be a game changer
0: yeah and so you know you'll be able to actually listen to people moving through that inner work um just so that you can know, you know, yourself, like, what does that look like? What does that, you know, entail when somebody is doing this deep work? So it's gonna be really great for people that are interested in that kind of thing, for sure, moving forward.
1: I'm just really thankful. Like, as always, whenever I get in front of this mic, that the universe gave me a mic and it said, talk. And here I am doing it and it's cool. I like it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so I guess we'll stop there. And as usual, um, I don't know what to say because it's the end of our podcast.
1: <laughs> no, we're getting better at that this year. Do uh, it. Yeah, what are we gonna say? See you later. <laughs> and da 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 the end. No, no, that's not the beat we want. We got to work on it. We're working on it.
0: Later. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Make sure you tune in next week for a very special guest listener episode where we have a beautiful conversation and facilitate healing with longtime listener Jasmine. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.